didn't finish reading your book. Do we want? Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> so hey, you know Eleanor brings up a great point. Yeah. Who else had trouble finishing this book? <laughs> No, no, I did. I, I this. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I explored the boundaries of how fast I can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. What do you yeah. mean it doesn't go faster than two point oh x? So, Jen, what does Amazon think that we should know about this book? Are you ready? Yeah. Pulitzer Prize winning author John Meacham helps us understand the present moment in American politics and life by looking back at critical times in our history when hope overcame division and fear. I'll just read a little bit of this. Our current climate of partisan fury is not new. And in the soul of America, Meacham shows us how what Abraham Lincoln called the better angels of our nature have repeatedly won the day. Um, and while the American story has not always or even often been heroic we have been sustained by a belief in progress even in the gloomiest of times in this inspiring book Meacham reassures us the good news is that we have come through such darkness before as time and again Lincoln's better angels have found a way to prevail Lincoln's better angels yes okay yes the better angels that Lincoln pointed out Mm. So the first question I came up with was, who was this book written for? Hmm. <sighs> this book is preaching to the choir. That's what this book is. This book is Amen. supposed to. This book, nice. This book is supposed to <laughs> uh, cheer people up that are depressed about Trump. And the idea of the book is to say, don't worry, things have been crappy before, and then they got better. But the flip mm-hmm. side of that is, things have been good before, and then they always got worse. Right. So did they get worse? Well, generally, yeah, they go up and down. But I, I think, think the, I think they've oh. always been terrible and always been good. They've been pretty the bad time. at the same time. They've been pretty bad a good portion of our history. But I mean, is the is the general up. trajectory That's what of I, the human you, species? Would you say it's ooh. tilting up? I didn't, barely. Human species is barely. Big, let's just take if we just okay, take just America? America. Okay, yeah. Is it is the quantifiably? better overall in, and I don't even know how you would judge that yeah well, doesn't, we're talking it, doesn't about it wonder doesn't it depend on whose oh. perspective <laughs> it, well it does get out the ruler who you are I mean it's yeah. great that we don't have slaves anymore but a lot of things are still really shitty really bad terrible sure and uh, getting worse Yay. okay maybe but especially is given recent electoral than, results you know in Teddy Roosevelt's time you could say the same thing I think is the point well, there you go. Then things aren't getting any better because they're, they're still Are you they're better off bad. today than you were four years ago? No. Was I'm I not. Don't know. It was the it's president probably. Maybe Reagan. Country. I think that was the mayor in The Simpsons. Exactly. <laughs> 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 it's I, I was not enthusiastic about reading this book because I felt like, and I actually, I guess it's I'm not coming saying through at all. I, I guess I guess because I'm, you didn't pick it, we got it. I guess I'm I guess I'm admitting that I had preconceived ideas about this book and they affected my reading of it. But I I wanted to read a book that would cheer me up because I'm so depressed about the leadership of the country right now, and this book did not do that. This book I felt like Meacham cherry picked history. And found things that fit his... I felt like he started with a thesis and just found things that fit his thesis. And for every thing he put in the book that was like an example of something good that happened in the country, you could just as easily say, yeah, but here's something crappy that happened to the country. And here's a way that that good thing you're pointing out wasn't is, probably is as good as you think it was. this the thing that I have heard where I've had coworkers say or maybe this was in some sort of never mind i'm gonna give myself a trouble like if so you're like oh it looks like you've lost weight and they're like are you saying i was fat before and you're just right. like yeah I, I i feel like there's i agree with one really fundamental part of what you're saying but i do think that one of the i, I would disagree with wait are you calling mark fat <laughs> well this is an awkward way for it to come out um no i i really disagree with or i really agree with one part of what you're saying but the part that i disagree with which is that i don't think that things 
I do think things are fundamentally worse than they were, say, what, two and a half-ish years ago. But I, I think that um, the trajectory of the American experience in terms of what I'll say are progressive ideals has certainly advanced. And I think... Changed. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. I would I say you what, could... You, I think that is a forward motion. If you if that's how you're measuring yeah, progress. There's certainly fits and starts, yeah. But but to go back to like one of the things you 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 were talking about w- with the book in terms of cherry picking parts of history out, the part about this book that made me feel extremely uncomfortable was that it was like looking at my Facebook feed compared to like my uncle down in Tennessee's Facebook feed, which is the things that are seen in it are things that make me comfortable and I don't know what to trust. Well, like, you got to get off Facebook, I think is the yeah, big part. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, my point is... I'm like, actually not following your metaphor. Okay, exactly. sorry, I apologize. It, Please, I don't want you to talk longer. I just want you to... Just just stop. <laughs> yeah. I think that as an inherently historical book, the fact that it is also political makes me not trust okay. the shit in it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a lot more political than it is historical, and that's part of the part yeah. Of what I didn't I, like but about. so the the part that I don't like about this book, or the part that really pissed me off out of the gate, the, the part that you didn't read, it'll be uh, in the first ten pages. <laughs> <laughs> I read the book except for this twenty page section right here because okay, okay. Um, but the whole first chapter I thought was out of sync with the rest of the book. And if they had gotten yeah. rid of that that first chapter, this book would be better Which, off. What are you qualifying the as the introduction? First, the introduction. The... It might be the Which, in, actually, in the I think it's the introduction and the first chapter. What's, what is the first? What was that? the confidence of the the introduction and then the confidence of the whole people is the first chapter. Yes, both of those sections should have been eliminated, and it should have yes. just been a history. And I think the book yeah. would have been much more readable. It start. It came out of the gate and was extremely preachy. It is oh. the introduction is horrible to read. It's yes, yes, very patronizing, yep. and uh, it has a, a liberal, a, a very elitist liberal um, perspective. So it's not going like there are other things in this book that the broad spectrum of liberals would. <clears throat> would identify with but this but not us good liberals <laughs> but not us not us good liberals exactly so yeah get rid of that whole first section come down off your high horse a little bit um and this book would have been a little bit more approachable all right well that's been the story history podcast no well i was on um is it goodreads mm-hmm. reading with some the common folk what do the common people mm-hmm. say about this book and yeah, so masses so many people said this should be required reading and i was like really yeah and well first of all regardless of like the quality of the book i just thought quality reading for all people i feel like assumes the political bent of everyone right like those people who are thinking everyone should read this they're all liberals you should you should know but they're all specific kind of liberal anything they are never, very never read the comments section of anything. No, this is ever. reviews that people wrote. I was just oh, I know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very common. middle of the road, like like sort of educated liberal, like fussing in their home about how things are right. Like that's who Well, even the book the title, The Soul of America. So the the um there, there's a the there's author, a smidge of pretense there. <laughs> but the author himself is um let's see. He's a, he's, a vis, he's a distinguished visiting professor at Vanderbilt, um, and he's some kind of like Episcopalian or some kind of religious thing with a, some rank in the religion oh. where they can Grand do Dragon? things like talk to the people. Wow. No. <laughs> Deep I'm not... Okay. I never know like reverend, pastor, uh, preacher, I, whatever. You wouldn't know that from the way you said a religious thing. <laughs> like this is a man who knows his stuff. I'm guessing it's not rabbi or imam. He's got a it's God, knows, right? whatever. He's got some, some very classic white man, uh, liberal religious title. Um, but even that, the soul of America, that comes from a place of uh, here's where I believe like 
we must center ourselves and the, the, you know find yeah. our moral good point and then govern from there and um right you know I, that that i don't i don't believe in souls for people uh much less souls for uh, a country so the you know. the intro and the did you listen to the audiobook mark i did oh man so the first one the for whatever reason, the file I got had like 125 chapters in it, which I was immediately like, oh, God, I'm screwed. But the <laughs> the first, the intro and I think the first chapter combined are like two, two and a half hours. And mm-hmm. the pretension with which he reads it is just nauseating. He, it's It's so slow. And his voice is so full of character and timber, and you can tell he feels every bit of it, and it's so fucking He's patronizing. really practiced his uh, delivery quality. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, so uh, it and thank God they switch. Yeah. Yeah. They switch to a, a professional narrator, uh, you know, for the, the part of the, the middle part of the book, uh, which I was really, quite frankly, very happy about. It, Even it. At double speed, still a better. Well, no, I, I slowed. I actually slowed it down. I should really stop hitting my microphone. Uh, the for the narrator, I slowed it down to just one and a half speed. But um, <laughs> even because it was like the middle part of the book, if if you have faith, sorry, that was a bad turn there. <laughs> that what he is talking about, that he's not completely cherry picking things. That he is giving a little bit of. Well, I appreciated. I appreciated, like, because it clearly does have this political bent yeah. at the beginning. Like, like, oh, this is we are talking about Trump America now, mm-hmm. and us upset about it. Like, and so when he's talking, when he's bringing up these historical, you know, from a, a number of different eras, where, yeah. you know, there people Things are have been thinking, bad. thinking, you know, no, this and, it, and they were politically specific. You know, where they're talking about mm-hmm. demagoguery and things like that, and and. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Like the McCarthy stuff was interesting because a lot of the language is similar to what we're hearing now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the old, I hate to use it, but the old kind of third right kind of thing. Like, yes, it's true. These are the tools being used. But I got really confused then in kind of an overarching sense when he moved to like, and now the civil rights era. Right. And I'm like, is that what we're talking? Are we just, just picking some tough times in history? Like randomly? I didn't understand how that fit. Times when people were treated poorly, but in different ways. So, and then the, the president <clears throat> came through. I think that's the idea. That did happen a lot, right? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I think that's how the the the, the premise of the book is that the the POTUS is supposed to set sort of the moral compass right. for the nation, right? Well, don't hold your breath for that, right? <laughs> um, God, this guy in the picture, though, he looks exactly like my old boss, too, which is kind of freaky. He's actually... Uh, <laughs> part of, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? Uh, I was, um, but it it was... it was um, You're talking about, like, changing subject matters? Yeah. Uh, so it's, like, slavery, terrible, and then Abraham Lincoln against slavery, but also a little too pragmatic that, that he wasn't... He didn't come out straight out of the gate for it, and, you know, he tried to sort of play politics around it because he knew he couldn't get everything so he got what he could and so that kind of you know he, he he fudged it a little bit you know on, on certain years and on certain issues yeah, I don't know if and, I call mm-hmm. that fudging it. I, he, well that's kind of how the book is structured though it's like anytime they, they talk about an issue like civil rights they would say well this president was good but if you look at it this way good, right? he wasn't so good mm-hmm. you which know? honestly I, th- that was the probably the best redeeming feature for me of that book was that I was just like, okay, they are kind of making the fact that it's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Right. Um, that, that change comes slowly and is hard and that sometimes you have to play a very practical political game Absolutely. to get the things that you want. Um, but the, the subject matter no. back to the point is like, first they start slavery is bad and then, like, eventually they're like, Europe, you know, they're doing bad things and we should intervene, but we're isolationists. That's bad. And then they're like, you know, civil Nazis rights in that. <laughs> and then they're like, McCarthyism, which is a political game more than anything. Um, that's bad. And then it got shut down. You know, so, like, this this, this subject's... That's the cherry picking, I think, that we're talking and, about. And that, right? was, I, that was unsettling to me. Like, each of the things is interesting, and some more so than... Other, like, yeah. I love like the. I imagine some of you read the Lyndon Johnson like 
four thousand page. Uh, who wrote that? Robert, Robert Caro. So the guy who won't the... go on. Um, did you guys see the article? Well, he uh, Conan O'Brien is like a huge, huge Caro fan. Oh right. And, oh. And and he has invited him to come on the show like a bajillion ways, and he won't. He like he'll go on like. All the other shows, but he won't go on Conan O'Brien's show. And he's doing it mostly at this point just to mess with him because he hasn't finished the, whatever, the fourth right, the book. or fifth book, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but anyway, so I found that Lyndon Johnson stuff, all of that fascinating because I already liked it, but I didn't learn anything from it. Yeah. Right. The, the you know, because each era is a little chapter of about mm-hmm. 50 pages, you know, give or take, um, it's... It's not like there wasn't really anything new in the, any of the chapters. Did you find it? I mean, maybe there were things that, that were new for me, but a few that nuggets. But, but I don't have as much presidential knowledge, so um, like mostly I, all the biblical quotes were new for, for me. But that's <laughs> what some of the McCarthy stuff is new to me. I didn't know that much about McCarthy except the basics. But I. I, again, every time he brought something up, I was like, yeah, that's great that we got through that, but then something else shitty happened, and then something else bad happened, and then something else bad happened. So for me, the moral of the book is sometimes things get better, but there's just another horrible thing around the corner, and there's some things that we just can't get over. Well, yeah, we I mean... can't get through. Uh, I think that there's... That, that things get better, but then they get bad again in a way that is different but rarely as bad as it was before and that's i think my that's that's not bad yeah i mean it's you know it's your your you know it's ups and downs but it's the trajectory the general trajectory if you squint at it i'm not sure though that i don't feel that way right now i'm not sure that it's the president that ever yeah (laughs) well fixes it like i think it's a change in technology that like makes a certain uh, oppression of a member of a society. It, it makes the oppression obsolete. So the industrial revolution ended up kind of killing slavery in a way. You know, people thought it was, this, uh, maybe I should just shut up and edit this out. <laughs> This is me just kind of spitballing here. Go ahead. I don't spitball away. That, that doesn't happen on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Really. I, don't I, don't, see, I don't see it. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, first, there's a lot of moral qualms with slavery, and that was he- what, like, widely held around mm-hmm. the country. Um, but it wasn't feasible to change the economic structure of the con- country until there were changes in technology that could like it just replace manpower replace the oppressive manpower that existed um i you know again i'm just spitballing here but i i think revolutions in our history more happen because of technological change than than strong moral leadership because i you know we we continue to oppress people today and we pretend we don't you know it's not as bad as it was yesterday, but right now there's over 10,000 children in, uh, you know, illegal immigrant detention centers. Technology didn't help much with that. Yeah, I think you have an interesting idea. I don't know. I think I'd have a hard time finding like a causality between a, yeah. a technological change and like the Stonewall riots or something like that something happened there and now gay rights are a thing yeah i I get it on a certainly as on an economic level which can lead directly to massive social changes Mm -hmm. but in terms of some of these other movements i think i'd be hard pressed but again it's a really interesting idea i I I mean i'm thinking more i guess about french new wave cinema and how Yeah, and Meacham never that, goes into that. Right with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just Meacham well, never uh, even touched well, on that in the book. Well, well, left documentary I mean, to, like, to, 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 your, to the world. To, to your to your point, I mean, like it's uh, Meacham is all over Truman's jock. Clearly, that's his next book. But he at the end of the, but he talks about the the idea that his the Truman has some line that's essentially like the worry in america isn't that a demagogue will take over it's rather that the p- 
people will elect a demagogue who will then, you know, essentially tap into that sort of vitriol and hatred and, and essentially our evil angel, angels. What's the opposite of our better angels? <laughs> anyway, the, and, and I think evil that that's, angels. I mean, that, it's, it, that's a compelling reason to write this book, right? Is that, you know, it's, uh, and, and he talks about it. It's like, you know, it's not like Trump squeaked into office and, you know, got the job because he, uh, a Supreme Court justice, uh, you know, decided to, you know, have a say the ballots were good or bad. I mean, he, he won the electoral college, not, not by a small amount. I mean, it's like, what's the star Wars line? This is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause. Like, please don't quote that again. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, I'm going there. Yeah. Phantom Menace or whatever that was. (laughs) The, um, was it Phantom? <coughs> Never mind. I don't care. The, <laughs> the uh, but, but so but I, you you hit on a really good point, which is the the sort of the cherry picking of the subject matter. Here here's a fun game for us to play. Is there a conservative version of this book that somebody wrote in the middle of the Obama years? Hmm. And what were the oh. topics that they chose? I like this. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah. this is what Citizens United is. Probably. Yeah. The things where yeah. it's like all of our liberties have in the in the past, all of our liberties have been denied. But worry not, red blooded American patriots, because we have because we you know change will come again, and pretty soon we'll be able to really. The problem, the reason that doesn't work is because the what's happening right now with the leadership is so all encompassing. The Supreme Court is rapidly shifting hard right. The, the the Congress is conservative and will remain so. You heard it here first. And Trump is going to get reelected in two years, so he's going to have eight years to do what he's doing to the country. Assuming he doesn't stroke out. <laughs> well, then we have Pence. How much better is that? I know. Well, but, well. Pence. I just wish the listeners could see the smile on Tom's face when he said, unless he strokes out. <laughs> Delighted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so it's, I, it's, I, I guess I'm at a low point in my faith in humanity right now. Yes, too. Absolutely. So I didn't really want to read this to inspire me to, you know, I don't know. I think this is, book is supposed to be a call to arms, a call to action. Um, it made me angry instead, but I'm already angry. So uh, yeah, I didn't even feel like depressing. it was a call to to action as so much as just relax guys yeah, yeah that's history right. will take you don't yeah. have to do anything no, no, yeah. no there are four things oh in the good book. please don't read the four things <laughs> i'm gonna read i was so livid at that when i read those there are four I was like, oh thanks man i never thought of these i'm Thank gonna God. read it four oh, gosh, are... dude, read wait the, is yes. one of them vote vote please vote yeah no, no that's not one. enter uh, enter the arena we're in resist tribalism I get we're, we're we're tribalizing right now. We are, we are. big time. Uh, respect facts and deploy reason. And that's not really. Uh, Those don't do anything. Take, that take, do take anything. the high road and find a critical balance. That doesn't change the, the leadership. Uh, oh, there's five things. Keep, Wait, oh yeah, what's five? Keep history in mind. That is, yeah, somewhat comforting. This isn't now. Uh, is not forever. I don't. I don't know it about is, keep though. history. That's in mind. the Mark, difference. Mark, you're just depressed about it. It's not. I'm extremely go- depressed yes, about it because it's forever. But that doesn't make it real. Your it's feelings gonna, about it. It's not going to change. Of course it is. This is a more. This is a more comprehensive shift in our country than has ever happened before. Do you think uh, that in the in, in times? I mean, no, no. Like, do you, Do you think that in the times of? I mean just to be extreme, the Civil War, World War Two, and in the times that that he talks about in this book, do you think that in the basements of homes across America as people were podcasting before the Civil War, <laughs> do you think that people were despairing about the, like, that this is a fundamental change that we will never come back from? In the way that know. you feel like you are now, because I, I would argue that they are. I don't, they did. I don't know. They were. I, they had been. I, Whatever. I mean, we yeah. talk about uh, <laughs> t- the biggest circle. example. The biggest example that we have of our country overcoming an evil is slavery and the end of slavery. But the only reason slavery ended 
is because the South seceded and the rest of the country could decide that slavery should end. And when the South rejoined the country, they were subject to this new rule. I didn't, I thought it was about states' rights. (laughs) You couldn't even get that all the way (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason that slavery ended in this country. So what we need to do is have another civil war, and this time just let oh the my South God. leave. I, uh, on a, I think I've said this actually multiple times let on the South my... Leave. But it's not Give the South anymore. I don't, we don't need the South. the South. It's not it's just the South. South. It is yeah, I mean, the it's South. over here in the Malheur National yes. Forest, right? We would I mean, be, it's... Portland would be fighting a war against the rest. There would be these three little cities yep. in the Willamette Valley if we fighting the rest have, of the state. If yep. we didn't have the former Confederate states in our country, how do you think the election would have ended? Who do you think would have won? Exactly. Well, I don't know. Uh, exactly. Well, I don't know. Like, was I mean, quite a bit of the Midwest elected him too. Not enough for him to win. Every he everywhere the in the country that's not in a city elected him. Yeah, no, right. that's true. Like when you look at the you the look at voting, the yeah, like by maps. county and and yeah. and sort of yeah. That's it, a really depressing way to look at it. I mean, if yeah. it's it south, is, boy, you look at the red blue. I mean, it's it is shocking. But yeah. it is well, but messed it, up. But, but you also, but I mean, also look at the population. He didn't win the popular vote. The, nope. Yeah, the, the, by millions. Yeah. The and the and the the maps are always deceiving too because they they show it by area rather than doesn't, by population. It doesn't make any sense. If you yeah. change, if you show it by population, then it looks more way more purple. But um, uh, I was driving back last weekend from um, what's that city that's southwest of right, here? Ben. No, that's like a city. Eugene. Between here and you, Mc, McMinnville. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. I was, driving back, wine there. Yeah. I was driving back from McMinnville this past weekend. You're going to alienate all of our fans from McMinnville. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a, a a pickup truck with a giant American flag flying from the back of it. And to me, that's like the most threatening yeah. thing that I see on the road it, now. It is a signifier, right? It is, you, it's doing a lot on purpose. It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a bunch of young white men in that thing. Um, and I'm a white man, so they yeah, got no say. beef with me, but right. I'm still terrified of it. Right. I can't imagine how it would feel to be a a target of those people. Um, right. Yeah, no, you you can easily blend in with them. Whereas if you are Hispanic or you are black or you are Asian, there would immediately be a level of hostility. Chances are, and these guys, there's the the Proud Boys and the National Prayer, whatever folks. I I I don't know if they just can't tell how other people how they're being received and how threatening. Um, they are to to people that are outside of that group, and they think they're just being patriotic and waving that flag. Do you know what I think it can? Do you, I don't mean to interrupt. Go for it. But what I think what gets me is, and I think we're all doing this like it's a it's a thing along with this sort of rage culture, this indignation culture that we have going, is everyone portrays themselves as a victim. Everyone feels like they're a victim. So I don't think they see themselves as threatening. They right. are being threatened. Right. So they are already def- like, they're like, right. I'm going to fight they're all of you hole. that are around right. me. Yeah. Right. And I got my flag up high, which says I am armed is what it says first. Mm-hmm. And it says, if you want to say something to me, I will fight you back. Right. That's like they're really waiting for that because mm-hmm. they're already feeling. And that's what they're being. That's what they're being fed is that they are threatened, that their way of life is right. crumbling by the sea of immigrants or whatever it is today and i don't know how to get past that you know we're not going to yeah well we're not going well i mean people didn't think we wouldn't get past a lot of things and and it's not to say it's not to minimize it because honestly like this uh the supreme court thing with trump the fact that he's going to appoint three justices so far so far that's right and you know rvg's is 92 and uh we got a few other folks on the court that are i mean it that part is terrifying because that is the that is going to be the echo the ripple of trump that's going to last for the next 40 years um but i mean the the flip side is i don't think 
it that it I don't think that we can really say that it's going to be worse that it's not going to turn around because history has shown that that we will that that America will pull its head out of its ass and be like oh yeah that's wow that that was awkward I can't believe we were totally yeah. on board with that Chuck Lindbergh we have 200 like, and some odd years of doing just that yeah we we're, we don't get it right the first time often but usually eventually we get it right I mean we didn't enter the you know World War II until this Japanese forced different. our hand you know Japanese, I was shocked by the the one stat or the most interesting thing in the book that something like 96 percent of people thought we should stay out of the war like when it started like i had no mm -hmm. idea that isolationism was that total well like right. that's not even a debate that's just everyone believes this right thing. but if somebody said let's go to war right now in yeah i don't know north korea and china if there was like a war going on there right now and the president said we should really get in there uh we we've been doing it for but nobody 17 would, years now. Well, this president, would I don't think you ha would have the oh, moral authority. No, would go. nobody would want to go. Nobody would want to jump into North that Korea. The people you saw on that truck would want to go. No, I don't think so. They I don't think they do. Protesters, they don't want to go. Fight <laughs> no, an actual exactly. War where exactly. Shoot they, back. Would, they would. They would get their hackles up, and people would start well, not, rah rah not, rah. Yeah, run. Not no, no, that's someone else. If they attacked us, that's different. If there was it's an entirely separate war, they would between Brazil and Argentina right now. They Brazil and Argentina. They knocked down two. We really would big just buildings. be like, shoot, let them kill each other. That's, That's true, fine. not really, but right. And we just came back from a war, World War One, where like you know, I, the only thing that happened is people like got in trenches and you know, they were got surrounded by gassed. shit and gruel and yeah. And well, I mean, it horrible killed a generation and, of Englishmen, but but in America, it wasn't that bad. It was still pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so like you know, I I think. That's that's why they didn't want to get involved in World War Two. Now I want to write a book about World War One called "Shit and Gruel." And that would be awesome. Death <laughs> hanging and I wouldn't mean to say that they were wrong for thinking. I just didn't realize that it was so total. Yeah, yeah. I thought there would be more. You can't imagine the country having an opinion of ninety six percent about anything. Anything. Now. Yeah, that's true. Right. I can't imagine well, that many people yeah. agreeing on anything now. Have you have, uh, on the World War Two topic and that specifically? <laughs> have you have? Has anybody read the Rick Atkinson trilogy about World War Two? I've heard yes. of it. I've never it's read it. like the dawn, like Army at Dawn, or amazing. something. Yeah, All yeah. Three of them are great. There's there's a great one. It it talks about at the beginning of you know World War Two, like literally like you know two or three years before all this is happening. Uh, the head of like the U.S. cavalry which, you know, by the way, uses tanks and things like that. Like, we didn't have any tanks. He was just like, look, you give me more horses, and I got Absolutely, this. Yeah. I got this thing. Uh, like, yeah, so the U.S., before World War II, we were we were, we were not true. really thinking terribly clearly about what... You know, we, we weren't on the right side of history at that point. Um, but eventually we came around, which is, you know, sort of the point. But, uh, yeah, I... And then we went back to the wrong side of history, and then we came around, and then we went back. It's a pendulum. Yeah. But, but I mean, every time we swing back and get worse, McCarthyism, for all that it was terrible. It had and some it certainly great has. Right. No, Is no, that where you're going? It's had it's a clicked. great moment. <laughs> but, Sorry. It was <laughs> fundamentally a sound idea. not as Sorry. bad <laughs> as Nazism. It was it was it was a shadow of that. McCarthyism was was horrifying, but it it harmed fewer people. But only because the guy was not he didn't have an end game. That's the only problem. No, he I, did not have it right. Yeah, he didn't, he, he didn't have much going. of a game at all, yeah. other than yeah. You know, I, I mean, he was good in front of the mic, and yeah. Because we we are in McCarthyism 2.0 right now. Okay. Right, and it's so similar, and well, there's a bit of more of an end game. Yeah. right now. So there was the McCarthy part of this book was the part where I started to get that really uncomfortable feeling where I'm like, where he was clearly phrasing things and staging the way that he was talking about things in such a way that it was echoes of Trump. And, yeah. and 
it was it was mirrors. Yeah, it was not echoes. Like, yeah, it was yeah. just like if and, you didn't get what he was doing there, you were not reading and I the did, words. I did not. That was where I was just like, wait, so I need because it now this is a positive thing. It made me want to go read more about it. What what bothered yeah? What bothered you about that? Because it made me not like it dovetailed too closely to what I already believed about the guy who's in the White House right now. And 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 usually when I start finding myself really wholesale agreeing with things just by reading the headlines or a couple of lines or something, I'm like. Uh, somebody's trying to play me here. Like this feels okay. a little too close. And I don't, that's the part about this that I don't like. I don't like a book that is inherently political portraying itself as a history book in the right. same way that I wouldn't read a Bill O'Reilly book about Lincoln or any of the other bullshit that Bill O'Reilly has written history books about, because I don't trust that guy. Uh, it made me feel like I can't terribly trust a lot of the, notions in this book and it made it feel less of a history book to me and much more of a political book and that made me i mean it's fine whatever but more propaganda i do yes. that bill o'reilly analogy is that is spot on yeah that's i mean that this is it, i mean if we if i threw a version yeah if yeah. i threw out to the to the team like hey let's let's read that uh bill o'reilly <laughs> book about you know macarthur or whatever uh, i'm pretty sure the answer would be no from from the group um but uh, yeah. One, I don't think he's written that book. But the um, no one says no to Bill O'Reilly. That <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just leans right Cost over. Cost him yeah. his job. Um, and gross. and it's because it's because it's it because you gross. cannot it's because you cannot trust him. The flip side is, I mean, at least with with Meacham, I feel like he was very upfront about it. It makes it a lot easier if you know where somebody's coming from. That's true. But I don't know, based on the fact that Trump was elected, how good the American public is at seeing through, you know, subtle bits of nuance and propaganda. Some of us are, I mean, I'm amazing at it is what I'm saying, but the rest (laughs) of you please. So just to dial it back a, a, a second, um, you know, I, I like to think one of the signs of a good book is generally, whether or not you can talk about the subjects raised and that's that cues further discussion um so did the the artistic we work right but okay. did the artistic work cue a greater discussion in which point the book has accomplished an artistic hmm. goal um and a lot of the crappy books um we read we end up talking about why the book is crappy but we've gone on now it's a really good point uh like an hour discussion of uh like far, a far and wide ranging discussion mm-hmm. of what's happening in this country um is that because of the book no no it's because the united states sucks right now <laughs> well i mean you can say that about any book i mean bill o'reilly's book could start a conversation about lincoln that doesn't make it a good book i mean no but i but but i think I, i'm thinking of other times when we've talked about other books we've spent a lot of time jabbing at the whole structure of the book mm-hmm. i mean that that's really not what we're attacking here we're attacking his maybe the way he's his viewpoint a little bit or how much he's sold on his on the propaganda, but we're not exactly attacking the book, right? Yeah, we're not attacking but, him that much. We're we're. I mean, we are a little bit. And but then we're are we kinda... even really discussing the book? That's a good point. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the specific things. We're kind of bouncing off the right. actual meat of the book because there's. I don't think there's a ton there. Right. Well, I, I mean, would... I I uh, to to get into that part of it, I I really enjoyed this was one of the few books that we've done that has been sort of an overview or a, there's a word for that, like sort of where it skates through history and sort of chooses things. The word is overview, Tom. Yeah. (laughs) I like this overview of history. Um, You could also say synopsis. That's right. Or a synapse. (laughs) I hate everyone. (laughs) uh, I I really enjoyed it. In the intro, so this has context. and, And as a political book, that is designed to appeal to smarty pants liberals what a great 
idea. Let's use history to show when things have been bad before so we don't freak out, but go use these five points of enter the arena, blah, 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 whatever the other five points were. Vote. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I think, there. I mean, from a, I don't know if it's an artistic standpoint, but from a political standpoint, I think that's, this is a, a brilliant book. It makes you feel good about your, how smart you are as a liberal elite mm -hmm. from the coast. And, uh, I'm sure it's selling well. There is a bajillion holds on it at the library. Do you know, really? I, uh, oh my God. I, I think I have a problem with the book selectors at the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, I don't think well, I've ever really... This, 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 this is not the Pulitzer yeah. Prize right, no, winning no. book. He, he's he's the Jackson. Right. He has previously won the well, Pulitzer Prize. Well, his other Prize, books are right? really good. That's are they? part of what was You've disappointing about this. I read his biography of uh, Jefferson and his biography of Andrew Jackson, and they were both really good. And that's part of what was disappointing about this book is that he's done regular history books that are really good and pretty balanced and really um, credible. Less view overs. Did exactly. I get that term right? Is exactly. That <laughs> those books no. didn't feel. Those books didn't feel like they had an agenda. This one, of course, does. You, you, you absolutely just nailed my criticism of this book. Yeah. hundred percent. Because I didn't feel like it had a ton of credibility, and it was, and it clearly had an agenda. Which is too bad yeah. because it is well researched. It is very it well is, researched. It is well he written used and it's a lot well researched. Of quotes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, Many quotes. It's well researched to back up a thesis that he probably had before he started. Uh, oh, uh, without a doubt. It's a yeah. screechy college essay. At least the first two chapters, That's intro really and one, chapter one. And he made millions on. Well, I think it's like three separate books. That's the first two screechy chapters. And then like the view over of the rest of history of the United States. And then like the last chapter, which is the call is to thing, something. Is that a view over? No. no I mean, it's just oh, making okay. the thing. You mean um, overview? Yeah. He's making fun of Tom. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's actually one book. It's, it's an article in the New Yorker, a book, and then an article in Slate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like it's a bit of a temper tantrum. Post. It is do a you? temper tantrum. It's a what? This and book, do, this book is a temper tantrum. This book is... He's really, really upset that Trump won. And this is his temper tantrum. This is which is something separate from his other work that he's done before, it sounds like. He's very emotional. I am. Not you. Well, you're emotional, too. I am. I'm really depressed. We're totally screwed. We are. You know what's We're interesting, totally Mark, screwed. too? Is a pre so previous podcasts, all podcasts up to this, well, yeah, all previous podcasts, I think you had the strongest desire to keep politics out of uh, the yes the podcast. I do. Yeah, you're right. And with this book, I can't. I just it's impossible to separate the two. Right, right. because it is about politics, it's, right? It's a I mean, political book, and it just. But it's. Did you want to keep politics out of podcasts because we would see this collapse in you? Where are you now? <laughs> <laughs> No, I will tell you why I wanted to keep politics out of the podcast because of what it does in this book. I did not want a podcast to turn into what this book is. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted Which to keep politics. Just kind of a cherry, 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 cherry like, picking anecdotes, cherry yeah. picking bits of history that fit your worldview. Yeah, tell the, the the bits of quotes. The the exactly it, the uh, in the audio book. One of the things that drove me just fucking batshit. Is the way in in audiobooks, whenever somebody is quoting somebody else in a in a nonfiction book, they'll start talking, and then he said something about this, and so much of the fucking audiobook is da da da. Andrew Jackson said, "America is a really great place," and there's just all these pauses, and it was you after a while, like there would be vast swaths of text where you're like, "Wait, who's?" I've lost <laughs> who's track of who's what? talking now, mm -hmm. which. Yeah. It, it was, it, and and it was as the. Are you blaming the book for the fact that you can't sit down and read anymore? <laughs> I have a long ass commute, man. The, I, uh, but it was, yeah. Greek philosopher so and so said, "Oh fuck." I have no problem with you <laughs> drive off the road <laughs> with consuming a book through audio. Uh, I I think that's a very. I love audio. It's a great way to. I'm listening to Rowan one right now while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's, can I suggest maybe listening to a different one? Yeah, something's out here, man. Whatever you got going on. Right. 
I gotta say, anytime uh, I come across a co- quote from James Baldwin, like in a book, oh, the, those they are the best ones. They're incredible. Uh, like I read the quote of his, and I'm like, you know, I tried to write my whole life, and I can't. I've never put a sentence together, not one, as well as all of the ones he writes. <laughs> Have you seen the documentary? What's it called? I am not your Negro about James Baldwin. I haven't, I, seen, I it haven't seen it, but I've heard it's great. Yeah. I'm interested to see it. But this book opens with what, uh, with a quote from James Baldwin. History, as nearly no one seems to know, is not merely something to be read, and it does not refer merely or even principally to the past. On the contrary, the great force of history comes from the fact that we carry it within us. We are, are unconsciously controlled by it in many ways, and history is literally present in all that we do. And that that quote is great. And and then the the earlier part of the book when they start talking like about how the South lost the war and then they just internalized that losing of the war and we're still fighting that yeah that I thought North, that South was war. fascinating thank you for bringing that up I thought that was really then that was really well written also yes just so we don't just dump on Meacham this whole time <laughs> I thought that was very interesting yeah that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say that we would be better off without the South I said it. I don't know who was listening. In Oregon, sure we'd be better off without Oregon because we know where Oregon came down back in those days. Well, not we're not. Uh, yes, it's not true. those days. I'm talking about right now. Well, I don't know. We'd be better like off. There are of conservatives Portland. in every state. Yeah, we were a top five Klan state. Mm-hmm. We well, were the, the Klan capital about, of the West. Obviously, we're, we're not now. out to dinner in Charleston, I don't know, South man. Carolina, we, we drew. They they drew a lot of folks to the. <laughs> well, I get good sushi in Oregon, and I don't. I've never been to Japan, so I'm sure I can get good barbecue in the north. It's lovely. <laughs> I'll give up. I'll give up barbecue if I can have a country that actually progresses. We would be better off without the South. Maybe Florida. What? Maybe Florida. Wow. No, That's Florida is incorrect. Florida's really? like the worst. <laughs> Way to just it is not worse. All your credibility. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we won't. I was just about to buy you this. No, 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 no. Point three. Embrace facts. You're not telling me that the Florida is worse than Mississippi. Florida is the worst. Florida is purple. No, no. By the way, no. Florida, if you ever want to come on the podcast, we'd love to have you. <laughs> My grandparents <laughs> live in Florida. If we could get the guy that runs Florida Man yeah. Twitter account. <laughs> Didn't you read that Thurgood Marshall book? The, the cr- Devil in the Grove? Yeah. Yeah, That's but that was, Florida. Well, I'm not saying Florida's great. <laughs> that was great. the most historical burn I've ever heard. Right <laughs> I'm not saying Did Florida's great. Did you read the great. Thurgood Marshall book, you moron? <laughs> I'm not saying Florida is great. I'm saying it's not as bad as some of the other states in the South because it's actually purple. See, I would, I, I, I disagree with you only because Florida has more people in it and it's got way more fucking yahoos than yeah. than all of Mississippi combined because most everybody's like, eh, you know, I'm out of here. Well, I'll, 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 move, I'll move to Florida. Then fuck it. Leave Florida too. <laughs> yeah, Florida's off the let list. Them all, yeah, let them yeah. all secede and, Just and any, we'll do any better te- without them. Any, school, any state that has a school that plays in the SEC, we're, I think we're good. Right. Is what, without them. That's is what the, you're saying, yeah. Any former Confederate state with the possible exception of North Carolina and Virginia. All these exceptions. Come on. Just, well, they have seem you to spent, be coming have around Have you spent time in the South? What? Have you spent time in the South? In Florida? No, no, no. Real South. Nope. Okay. Never. And do you know why? Because I don't want to go. Okay. Although I'd like the barbecue. I'm not saying everybody in the South we is bad. We are really not. We're very indecisive. I'm not saying everybody in the South is bad. It I'm just saying that the like way you say they, that vote, they all should go to another country I'm makes it that, sound like I'm you saying, are dismissive of the entire region. I'm saying that the way they vote is a drag on this country. But the way that the South votes as a block is a drag on this country. I'm not saying they're the only conservatives in the country, but the South as a block is a drag on this country. There's a lot of people feel that way about the entire West Coast, which leans well, just they're wrong. Blue. And the East Coast. Those, yeah, right? Yeah. Like whim. Those people are wrong. The South as a block is a drag on progress. Maybe I'll be more specific. It's a drag on progress in this country. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I've said this in this podcast before. I because I do have a long shitty commute, I, I'd spend sometimes time in my car wondering like, what, what would it take to start a new civil war? 
Like, like what would that take? And, and I, and I have to say like, as more time passes, I'm like, it seems like it's maybe might be getting slightly closer like just because i don't think you can do it because of geography everyone's too spread you can't but, but I, I just also don't think it would happen because it would ruin the economy well the, mm. see so Big business wouldn't let it happen i, I think one of the, the mm. reasons that it could is that the way people get information is becoming so much more fragmented and specialized and Mark, you're going to only see the things that you agree with. Jen, you're only going to see the things that you agree with. You're only going to see the things you agree with. And my uncle in Tennessee and my other uncles in Arkansas, like they're only going to see the shit that they agree with. Sure. And the shit they see on their Facebook feed is way the hell different than the shit I see on my... And and that's what they think is happening. And they don't even understand why we think the things we do because clearly Fox News has told them that... This is how we think. So can I piggyback on that a little bit with Go. what Jay was saying earlier? This is my this is my hopeful spin on that. Is that as we've had these new technological advances, which have radically changed how we get information, and certainly has led to this, <coughs> excuse me, like all this tribalization, like yeah. in these little needle factions that sometimes lie together and sometimes don't, but whatever, right? Yeah. Like in the big picture, it's Fox News versus CNN. Yeah. Um, but I think it's that Fox that's, News versus facts. Go on. Right. Yeah. But I think that we are in possibly, at least what I hope, could be one of the darkest times of that, where it's yeah. a generation of people, us morons, who don't know how to deal with that yet. Because I see, like, my kids, you know, they can process, like, the social media stuff and filter through it way better than I can, way better than people of our generation can. Like, they filter the noise. It's different. It's the same freak out people had when MTV came on and they thought we were all going to, our brains were going to be melted. Mm. And we just learned how to process it differently until we got shocked by something else. Right. But TV came along and they were Mm. like, this is going to fuck everything. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that like this not going to, generations are not going to grow up psychopathically like stuck in little holes that their parents want them in because they're going to rebel against that and they're going to figure things out better that is yeah. my hope you are so much better at inspiring hope than meacham thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that you have a really good point i mean it, it and that's uh, you know sort of what we were saying earlier about the the general trajectory of the soul of america or you know progress or whatever we want to say it is generally upward and we are certainly at a at a dark period now but there there is it seems like in america if not the world sort of a tendency to for something to happen and then for there to be sort of an overreaction to it mm-hmm. and then an overreaction to that and overreaction to that but that the, the the sort of back and forth overreactions tend to be toward one of positivity and dare i say it, sort of even peace there's a famous mm. quote from uh, Martin Luther King Jr. that I'm trying to remember. It's something to the effect of the moral arc of the universe is long and it bends mm-hmm. towards justice. Yeah, it's in yeah book. I hadn't heard of that guy until this book either. Did you get <laughs> I love that chapter. Yeah. Um, oh, was that quote in the book? I yes. totally forgot. Okay, yeah. Um, and then he got shot. So that shows you how the moral arc well, of the universe yeah. is. It's like, I mean, it's like saying Lincoln didn't do a good job because then he got shot too. No, literally the King week after the job. fucking civil war was over. I felt so. I didn't realize that. I was like, "Come on, give the guy like." I mean, not even seven days. Like a right. week. Unbelievable. Yeah, like a week. Was actually was the better angels sort of around the idea of forgiveness as the war was clearly yeah, winding down? Yeah, that's one of the reasons that it was so horrible that he got shot and Johnson became president because yeah. Lincoln would have more successfully run and even handedly run more reconstruction. Merciful, yeah. Oh, now you care about reconstruction. What? <laughs> well, I wonder how things would be different. I wonder how things would be different if Lincoln had lived and been more in charge of it. There is a really good, albeit controversial, sort of alternative his. It's not al- alternate history because it takes place in the present day, but it imagines that Lincoln had been assassinated sooner, and that we had that the Union had basically been like, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, go ahead, enjoy your secession." Uh, yes, it's called. I think it's called Underground Airline. It's got a Ben something or other. He did the Last Policeman. It's a very good book. Creepy as all fuck, but it basically is imagines the U.S. in today's sort of uh, technological advancements. But essentially, all the SEC countries are 
slave owning and slave holding uh you know uh, a country and that the north and everything else is a uh you know a free country yeah yeah but then there's you know there's all these sort of you know political intrigue around trying to help slaves escape and you know get them back to the slave owner but then there's like giant industries it's because it's not like plantations it's corporations then obviously that own all the slaves it's it's a really ben winters i think and is donald trump still president i mean uh, they don't really get into that. Donald yeah. Trump would be especially <laughs> president of the Confederacy. Yeah, or the North, and then that would be really kind of, that would be. You know, he really... wouldn't have been elected without this. Uh, he's from New York. So are we unanimous in not recommending this book? I thought it was great. I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> you totally this misunderstand. Book, this book sustained me. My last. Yeah. Uh, if you I look at Mark's former tweets, he <laughs> totally recommended this book. <laughs> the. Uh, I, I when I hear fighter pilots overhead, I sometimes think, "Oh shit!" Do you really? It's happened. Oh yeah, I do too. Yeah. And anybody else have that reaction? Yeah. Well, uh, now I have thought, "Oh my god, we're at war with somebody." You know, we've, we're wait, starting China, somebody. Russia. Yeah. Wait until the wait until his reelection comes around. I never yeah. had that feeling until, you know. Donald Trump was elected. Yeah. So, thanks, Donald. Um, <laughs> and on that bright note, yeah, I, yeah, I would say in terms of the book, um, he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. So I may, if Mark says they're good, may try some of his other books. But yes. I think this one was flawed from the get go, right. and yes. not saved by the execution. Like, right. yes, I, I, I think if you're one of them libtards who really needs well played, to feel sir. good well about no. I, I think if if you are looking for a political book with a historical bent, I think it's a really good book. But I think that I I, I think that our group probably has a higher. I don't want to call it a standard. That sounds really we fucking pre- even more pretentious than John Meacham. But I I, I do think that we. We like history books, and and when they get a little muddied with politics, it feels uh, yeah, gross. Yeah, as that, a yeah. libtard, I hated this book. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that's not true. I hated the beginning of the book, and then I came around a little bit in the middle because yep. there was some history, and that was good. Um, the middle is good. I think if you skip, I I'm I really wish we could get we because Gail got this book right. Yeah. So was, she needs to skip over the intro and the outro and just read the middle. And then we need to have her on in the yeah, next podcast see she, and see what she thought of it. Edit her in. Yeah. Edit her into this one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think that the the intro and yeah, the, the middle of the book is a whole different book from it seems like that's what we're sour on. It's the beginning and the end. Although I still have problems with the middle. I think I think Mark's cherry picking argument is correct. That's totally mm-hmm. what it is. I, like they're I, all interesting vignettes, but they're not. It does not a book make. I can't think of a type of person, of whatever stripe, that I would recommend this book to, whether they're uh, uh, liberal, moderate, conservative, uh, apolitical. Um, I can't think of a stripe of person that I think would benefit from reading this book. What about a really? dogmatic liberal who's like always talking about how we need to really get out there and then it's preaching. Really I, I did actually buy this book for my choir. mom yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it was, preaching to the choir but that's, that's the, the only people that's the that's, people that, that like the, the market yeah. Yeah. yeah right but i don't see how they benefit from it it's, but it's I'm not sure your they would job enjoy to decide no, but if I, I, benefit I, from I, it i think it's my job i'm just saying i can't think of who i would recommend i think i think from a again a political like in terms of knowing your market using history to 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 sell the progressive ideals of america and 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 for people who are progressive to go through and read this book and feel like they read a really deep historical book that is really just political propaganda is a brilliant uh uh way to sell books i i honestly like i i he couldn't i can't think of a of a of an of a way he could have written this in a way that would appeal more to 
liberals and progressives yeah, than, sure to, than to, than to, Oregon, than to it's going to be a big seller yeah then to wrap it in the flag of history yeah it is a bestseller is on a the new on the the new york times i, I wow. think there were literally the, like the 75 times? holds on or no there were like 140 holds and the portland public library has like 60 copies of it it yeah. was it was that's kind of like amazing. literally like two yeah. or three month holds anyway. all right well you've been listening to storied history you have been uh, listening to mark Dan, Tom, Jay, and myself, Jen Janke. Thanks for listening. <laughs>